people want to get results, build that trust with you and trust in themselves so that they can then move on to the next step. So that's one key thing. It's not about the size and quantity. It really is about the quality and the connection that you implement. And that helps when you do take it down to the individual person instead of thinking about the masses. There's no way that you are ever going to have somebody close or buy your services if you don't serve them first. So serve your audience. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. Hey, Melanie, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We've got an amazing panel of guests lined up and we're going to talk about how to fill your courses. And this is a topic that absolutely every coach, you know, is involved in, needs to know, is having a lot of conversation around this because, of course, this is this is how we enroll clients and keep our business running. But it's a very crowded market and there's lots and lots of courses and programs available and there's the buyer behavior is changing. So this is a really great conversation that we're going to be having today. Mm-hmm. You know, and it seems like I'm having a lot of conversations with uh, our friends and peers and behind the scenes and with clients and people who have courses or sometimes wondering, like, why is it getting harder to fill my programs or why what was working even last year not working so well now? So we thought we'd turn to some experts and find out what it is that's working right now for them and share that conversation with you, our Next Level Influence community. So let's start with our panel by doing a quick round of introductions. Shay, would you do the honors and introduce yourself first? Absolutely. Hello, hello. My name is Shay Wheat. I'm a certified event producer and pretty much just a fancy way of saying we help you make more money doing what you're already doing simply by adding in the power of events to the plan you already have. So we get to work with speakers, coaches, and experts that are doing big things in the world and just expanding that a little bit more. So looking forward to diving into that deeper with you, Shay. And Ryan Bowles, a very good friend of mine from Down Under, I'd love you to introduce yourself. Hey team, Ryan Bowles here on the Gold Coast, Australia currently eight degrees Celsius, which is cold for us. Mm -hmm. I'm a university dropout, ex-metal band, front man, and avid rock climber. But when it comes to what we help people with, we've been in the space helping coaches convert more clients from their audiences, bringing traffic from Instagram, YouTube, you name it, into Facebook groups, bringing them through a systemized sales process to fill up more programs. So that's what I'm here to jam on today. Ooh, can't wait to hear that. Looking forward to that. Gold Coast, one of my favorite places in the world, too. So, like, Amen. having you here, Ryan. <laughs> Cindy, you're up next. Would you introduce yourself, please? Sure. I'm Cindy Schulten, and my company's called Marketing From Within. And the main thing I help my clients with is help working with coaches and really helping them clarify and package and communicate their unique value, especially in this crowded coaching 
world. I think that's so important. And the whole goal is really for them to be able to confidently communicate that value and shift from selling their time to really scaling with what I call heart. It's really about, there's so many ways to scale your business. And we're going to talk about that today. So I won't get carried away, but that's the main thing that I help my clients with. Love it. We have such a great panel today. I cannot wait to dig into this. Let's start with our first question. And we've already kind of opened this door a little bit, but the idea here is let's get on the table. Like, what are we seeing as some big challenges, some common challenges that the coaching course creator industry is experiencing with filling their courses right now? So, Ryan, let's start with you. Yeah, Sam, you mentioned that earlier that buyer behavior is changing. And what I'm seeing at the moment in the coaching space is that coaches are really reluctant to pivot. They think that the way it's been is the way it will always be. And so we've just come through three years of sort of the greatest world experiment ever in the history of humankind, right? And before the experiment, things were working in such a way. Through the experiment, you know, people moved online and like programs filled up in 2020 like wildfire. Then they they sort of settled in 2021. 22 things changed in 2023. People are now feeling some of the pinch of like, well, it was working. What's changed? People are more reluctant to, because of what we've just walked through altogether, to join longer form programs because it's harder to see a long time horizon. And I'm seeing this because I'm involved with schooling systems and other things outside of sort of the coaching industry where traditional education, even in universities, people are finding it hard in colleges and so forth to commit to one, two, three things. And so bringing the timestamp back a little has definitely been a key to sort of our clients' success in filling programs. But I think that's the core. There's coaches are just going around thinking the way it's always been is the way it always will be. And that's really, really damaging to growth and progress. And second of all, the buyer behavior has changed as well. So seeing long time horizons isn't as easy anymore when the world has just changed so rapidly over the last three years. I know I've seen that too. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it feels like a natural segue, Shay, to go to you since Ryan dropped the pandemic point on us. You Uh having been in the industry of running events for so long, I know that probably impacted you, but I'm curious, what are you seeing right now with events filling courses? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely were impacted just a bit going from in-person to completely virtual. (laughs) But what I'm seeing now is with the world of events, pandemic really did change it, right? So in the beginning beforehand, it was more for like the elite people that have been in business for a really long time. They were the ones that were doing the in-person events because in-person, it costs a lot more money. You have to get a hotel. You have to have a room block. You have to have food and beverage. You have to have a system already in place to host those types of events. When pandemic comes around, we had anybody who had access to Zoom could now host an event, right? So it changed the entire landscape. And because of that, everybody now jumped on the bandwagon of events. And what I'm seeing now happen is people, like Ryan said, bought all the programs, did all of the things, didn't get the results that they wanted. Somebody was just like, oh, here, buy my thing, and it wasn't thought all the way through. And so now we're seeing buyers go, 
I've already have five things already. I haven't done them. I haven't gotten the results. Why am I going to show up to another event? I want community. I want connection. I want high touch. I don't want just a program in a box that's evergreen. I want connection to you as the coach. So what I'm seeing now is the experience of events needs to increase. We have to make it like watching Netflix. So if you are going to do a virtual live event, it needs to have different camera angles. It needs to have opportunities where they're networking, where they're connecting, where they're going into breakout rooms, where we're bringing in outside speakers, where we're making it really super dynamic that people will stay with you, whether it is one day, whether it's a one hour, whether it's a three day event for eight hours a day, you have to make it highly experiential so that they do stay with you and look at it like, oh my God, the time just flew by. Mm. I love that you shared that. That's so good. I can't, I can't wait to get into the rest of this and hear what you guys are going to bring into the, the conversation today. Thank you, Shay. Cindy, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this because you're so, you are so community-based and you're very heart-based. I, what are you experiencing from our community right now, coaches? and service professionals that feels like the challenge in filling their courses. Oh my gosh, so much. But I want to build real quick on what Ryan said and also on something that Shay said. So a couple of things. I agree that these longer programs, it's really hard to sell. It's too aspirational, too big of a bite. That's why one of the things that I help my clients do is like take that whole long journey you help your clients with and strategically pull out a piece to put into a signature program and save the rest for your next step program because people want to get results, build that trust with you and trust in themselves so that they can then move on to the next step. So that's one key thing. And then i so glad you talked, Shay, about connection and community. Yes, there, you know, that I talked about scaling with heart and, you know, we hear a lot about scaling and you have to have a lot of systems and technology and team and frankly, you know, selling via DMs instead of like actually talking to people. And there's so much that we try to put in place that I think we lose that connection. And I just want people to understand you can scale and grow your business without any of those things. Because if you think about scaling, right, it's really just earning more for the same investment of your time. And there's so many ways to do that, that actually allow you to keep that connection. So it sounds like we have a theme of a lot of people feel that missing connection in community that they're yearning for. And I think that makes perfect sense coming out of the pandemic. So many people are isolated for a time that they are looking for ways to feel more connected. So Sam, I'll pass the baton to you. Yeah. So I'm already loving this conversation and what you're all bringing. Let's change gears a little bit. And I'd love to hear Let's start with you, Shay. Obviously, your events, but what is your best strategy within that event space right now to help your clients fill their programs, not just with anyone, but what I like to or refer to as Bollinger clients, you know, they're the top shelf champagne clients. What is the strategy that we're seeing is working best yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's actually using different types of events at different times in your business. 
right? So if the intention is to bring new people onto your list, you're going to be utilizing something like a summit, a masterclass, a challenge for lead generation to kind of open the door and be like, hi, this is me. This is what I do. This is what I help people with. Here in the States, we've got this ice cream shop called Baskin Robbins. And when you go in, you go, oh, I want to try the bubble gum or I want to try mint chocolate chip, right? And they give it to you on this like little pink spoon, right? So it's like, what is your little pink spoon? What is the little taster that they can start learning from you? So you can start pouring into them. I was listening to one of my coaches and, and she was like, there's no way that you are ever going to have somebody close or buy your services if you don't serve them first. So serve your audience. And so with events, you know, if it's going to be a summit, it's a lead gen, then you kind of move into that connection piece, still pour into them, have an indoctrination email series, keep loving on them, invite them to the next best step, which could be a one day event where you have more time, right? Anytime you can have more time with them, one, you can go deeper and you can really support them in getting out of the pain that they're in, in a certain situation. Now we know that you can only help them so much in a day or three days or five days, right? And so that's where your program then comes into play. And we know that a percentage of people are going to be like, thank God, I don't want to do this on my own. Please help me. And you're going to have a percentage of people going, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed. And I'm just going to stick with you and see what else you have coming up when the timing is right. So I would say in the world of events, it is to utilize different types of events at different times in your business to continue to serve your audience where they're at. And just like Cindy was saying, adjust your program so that it fits where they're at in the moment and serves them right now versus what used to serve them in the past. I love that so much. And I think that Helping people to understand that we need to meet our prospects where they're at is so important. And I hear often coaches saying, oh, I tried that one thing and it didn't work. But what you're saying is it isn't the one thing. It's a multiple series of events to help people, you know, jump on that journey with you wherever they're at and whatever feels comfortable for them. Yeah, you have to ace. You have to attract, connect and enroll multiple times in the client customer journey, right? You meet them, you attract them, you connect with them, you enroll them to the next step. The next step is not automatically into your program. The next step could be like, here's my free gift or join me on a masterclass or, you know, come join me over here for this Facebook live that I'm doing, right? So you have to do ACE, attract, connect, enroll multiple times before they actually say yes to your program. Love this so much. Dropping the value bombs, Shay. Cindy, you talk about surveys at the validation phase, which I think leads into what Shay's talking about here. Are you able to dive into this more? And have I got that right as a start? Is that you know, because what you know, what is your best strategy right now to help your clients fill their programs? Yeah. So it's great. I'm still glad you asked that. So going to what Shay said, it depends on where the client's at, but it also depends on where you're at in your business, right? If it's your first time running this program, I'm a huge believer in market research. I used to work in market research and strategic communications in corporate. So 
I love leveraging the power of market research at the validation phase and actually a way to fill your program when you're first launching it. Because yes, my now I don't use the survey to refill my program. I use, mm-hmm. you know, the masterclass, the five-day workshop, that kind of thing. But when you're first launching it, I like to help my clients do it more organically. And one of the organic strategies is leveraging the power of market research, including surveys. So in a nutshell, what it allows you to do is, first of all, ask some questions in the survey that allow you to gain insights into more what your ideal clients are struggling with, what their challenges are related to the topic and how they speak about it, right? So that's really good from a validation perspective. It also allows you to create a little bit of buzz, like when you put out this survey and it's like, okay, and then you can come back and say, this is what you asked for. Here we go, right? But then the third thing that you can do is you can include in your survey a question, make it optional, and let them know, hey, I'm going to be doing this pilot program on blah, blah, blah. Would you like more information? And if they say yes, you know, they leave their name and email, you follow up with them, and now you can enroll them into your program. But also, of course, you know, learning more about what their needs are, et cetera. So I have found this really helpful for those three reasons, the validation, the buzz, but also enrolling clients. And even if just a quick little bonus tip here, even if you don't have a program and you just want some one-on-one clients, you can still offer a consultation, make it an optional question. I had one client do just that and literally landed 14 clients because of the survey and including that question. So that's just one little tip on uh, the validation phase. Wow. Amazing result for your client. How amazing. So good. Thanks so much, Cindy. Let's move to you, Ryan. What's your best best strategy now to help your clients fill their programs? Because you mentioned before, you know, buyers are, their buying patterns have changed. So, you know, what is it right now and that maybe... I don't know, is it different to what you were doing a few years ago? Yeah, great question. I think they have changed, as I said. However, I don't think they're that different to how they've always been. I think there's just an ebb and a flow. And so when I think about my dad, who he passed 10 years ago, but when we were in the family business, he was always involved with cars, right? If you think about used car salesman, that's not my dad. He had a very bespoke car sales service company where He'd meet with you, find out exactly what you wanted, and then go and find that exact car that you were searching for personally, right? And so he'd deliver that car to you. But when you think about sort of the used car salesman idea, what you will tend to find is as you're thinking about which car should I purchase, should I purchase from this company or the next dealership or the next yard, as you're walking out the door, you'll get all sorts of offers thrown at you to try and close that deal, whether that's we can throw in warranties, where we can throw in registration, where we can throw in detailing, windscreen protection, all of these different things they've got in their back pocket, ready to counter the offer that they've already made you to close the deal before you leave that yard. And so what's working with our clients right now, but always has worked, and this relates directly to the buyer theory, is that we call it the counter offer. And so it was. it's already been brought up in this conversation, Shay, you mentioned it, in terms of meeting them where they're at. And so if we think about the buyer journey in the last few years, they've bought multiple programs, courses, et cetera, and they've got an expectation of what comes when they receive an offer. 
But if we can break that expectation by placing something in front of them more valuable or just exactly where they need it, whether that is a different pricing strategy, maybe that's a different time frame, maybe there's some one-on-one in there that isn't expected in the program or the marketplace right now, we can actually close those deals before they technically quote, leave the the car yard. And so we call it the counter offer, but there's a bunch of objections, usually time, uh, usually price, especially that have got so many different sort of like a one of those Rubik's cubes that so many different options that we can play with to help that prospect actually walk away in a better position because we were willing to have a conversation with them, which is the connection Cindy's been talking about as well to help them. And they feel way better off they feel special and you've actually gone outside of not necessarily your boundaries because your boundaries, you, you've already got these things in your back pocket, but you've built something unique for them and they're going to have a way better relationship and kickstart to their journey with you as well. So we call it the counter offer. There's a ton in there that you can play with that will help close deals time and time again. Love it. Love it. Treasure trove. Yeah, yeah totally. I feel like I have this treasure chest and I'm like opening the treasure chest and a great gem's coming out. This is awesome. Mm. Well, so I would imagine as as our listeners are hearing all of these amazing strategies and your wisdom coming through, they might be starting to get curious. Okay, so how do I get the people to come to these things, these strategies in the first place? I think audience development, lead development is always a big conversation Ryan, I'd love to start with you. Like, I know you're using a lot of social media platforms. Like, what's one of your favorite ways to leverage social media to develop leads and prospects for our programs? You know what's crazy, Melanie? It's so wild to say that I've been using social media now for 25 years. It's like the weirdest thing. And I still remember 1999 when my cousin introduced me to MSN chat. Everyone remembers MSN and it was like my mind was blown because I was just a young kid and talking with someone on a computer where you had dial up internet and you had to wait for it to connect and connecting with someone somewhere else that I had no idea where that was and who they were was just mind blowing like, whoa, you know, I'm talking to someone on the other side of the world in America. Like to me, that was crazy. And so from then it went to MySpace from MySpace, I was reluctant when Zuckerberg released Facebook because I thought MySpace was the bee's knees and there was nothing better than that. And from MySpace to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchats, TikToks, all of the things in between and far and wide that I've been using. And I spent a lot of time MySpace, but a lot of time Facebook, a ton of time Instagram, which is where I fought, first sort of got into the coaching space, selling programs via DMs on Instagram, JVing with audiences far greater than mine and creating incredible value in the market. But then I flipped back to Facebook when they released groups. And I must say, and I still stand by this, that I've never seen an opportunity on social media to connect with your ideal audience as well as groups does today. There's still nothing out there. And I'm very keen to jump as soon as I find something because I'm not married to the platform. But Facebook groups has been where we've helped a ton of people over the last sort of four years really grow an audience that get to know, like, and trust them. As cliche as that sounds, you can hang out, you can build a ton of value. You know, we see clients that have people in their groups get 
results that aren't even in their programs just because of the way that they show up. And so, yeah, to answer your question, Facebook groups has been a huge hotspot. It's interesting at the moment because people are very jaded by groups, blaming things such as algorithm and reach and that sort of thing. They've got their place, but if you replace algorithm with people in every sentence that you put out there or audience, you'll start to realize that the way that you're communicating is probably the challenge and probably doing things the way you've always done them versus shifting it up and changing, which I think has been the theme of today so far. So that's how I'd answer that question. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad you brought Facebook groups into the conversation because there are a lot of experiences people are having. Like some people are raving, some people are, you know, yuck, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I know I've definitely been up and down with mine, but yeah, I love that you're saying, hey, they work if you know how to really develop it. And I'm wondering if that sense of community and real connection is part of the magic of a good Facebook group. Yeah, huge. Absolutely. And I think one of the stubborn traits of coaches that I've found is that they believe they need tons of leads, right? If I'm not getting tons of new leads on the front end, something's not right. And so, you know, we've had clients with groups of like 150 people, which just about anyone can pull 150 people together with a little bit of time and effort. And from 150 people do a million dollars, you know? So it's not about the size and quantity. It really is about the quality and the connection that you implement. And that helps when you do take it down to the individual person instead of thinking about the masses. I think that comes from just the comparisonitis of social media. You know, we see people with huge followings, with tons and tons of engagement, but you're missing the point, I think, if that's where your focus is. And it's probably worth checking yourself. Mm. Oh, Value bomb right there. Mm. <laughs> Cindy, I feel like it's a good transition to ask you to go next because I know you have a really successful Facebook group. But, you know, you don't have to talk about Facebook groups if that's not it for you. But where do you find your audience of potential clients? Like, what's really your favorite go-to there? I'm so glad you asked that. So first of all, just one little thing on the Facebook group thing. When I am in a launch and like I do a five-day workshop, whatever, I have a, a pop-up Facebook group that I use. And just so if you're using a launch method with Facebook groups, the, the synergy can be great. But I, I did test it doing it in my main group. And then I tested it doing it in a pop-up group and way better results in the pop-up. And I'm, I'm guessing Ryan knows better than I do why. Something to do with algorithms. But I think it's mainly because everybody's there for the same purpose versus different types of uh, things going on. So that's, an, that's a way to bring community into the launch. But in terms of like my favorite way, I don't think I have one favorite, but my I guess if I had to choose, it would be really meaningful strategic partnerships. You know, I'm not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of strategic partner. I really believe in developing relationships that you can go back to over time, that you can, they're there to help each other over time. Like I have with Samantha and Melanie, we've collaborated on different things over the years, right? So I just, you know, look for people that you feel really aligned with who get on their email lists, right? See how they're marketing, see if you're aligned with the way they're doing it and start developing that relationship and getting into conversation with them and see how you explore different ways you can support each other. It's not always just, okay, you email about my webinar and I'll email about yours. There's so many different ways you can collaborate in strategic partnerships and that helps you grow your list. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up the collaboration, Cindy. <laughs> you know, that's one of my heart 
expanders, I guess you might say, is, and I'm a creative collaborator. So like Cindy, I'm very much committed to finding ways that work for that particular relationship. And I leverage my podcast and other people's shows for collaborations 90% of the time. And it, I mean, I happen to have a really highly visible podcast outside of this one. And I found, well, that came out weird. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> podcast. And my other podcast does very well. And it seems to be a great platform for that strategic partnership to blossom. So yeah, I love the creative collaboration that we can, you know, support each other that way. Mm. I just need to correct you on one thing, Melanie. Yeah. You don't happen to have a great podcast. You created a great podcast. <laughs> nice. Thank <Thanks>. Cindy. <laughs> well done, Cindy. Thank you. You're right. I did. I was very intentional about the success of that podcast. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> Shay, how about we bring you into this you host an event. You need to be able to fill event. You need to move people from that event to uh, the, your clients. But I think the first step is you got to get people to come to your event. Right. What do you see working there? Yes. Yeah. So when we're looking to fill, let's say, a three-day event, we're filling out what's known as a ticket map. So what are all the ways that we plan on filling the room and meeting our audience where they're at? Where are they hanging out? So a lot of my clients love speaking, speaking on their own stages, speaking on other people's stages, speaking, whether it be stage swaps. So, you know, you can do a Facebook swap or you can do podcast swaps or be on somebody else's summit, be on somebody else's podcast, have your own podcast. Speaking in general, a lot of my clients absolutely love that as a way of filling their rooms. Another way is strategic networking right? So what are the groups that you're in? My business in particular, the clientele that I'm attracting are always a part of really super high-end mastermind groups. So if I want to be in those rooms, right? So if you think about where does your audience hang out, that's where you want to be showing up. If your audience is at networking events, if they're at uh, speaking opportunities, maybe your audience is other coaches, where are the other coaches hanging out? Are they on other summits? How can you build rapport and relationship with them and be on the same summit, right? So it's really kind of taking a look at where are they? What is my messaging? How can I connect with them? And then start having a relationship, right? We don't want to be like, hey, nice to meet you. Here's my business cards. And you're like passing them out like handy, right? <laughs> it's like actually building relationship. And I think it was Ryan that was saying, like, you don't need a gazillion clients, right? Like, I personally am am so happy if my company as a whole has less than 20 clients and I can still have a very, very successful multiple, multiple six-figure business with less than 20 clients, right? So what does that look like for you? Whether it's 50 clients, it's 20 clients, it's five clients, just meet them where they're at love on them there, and then move them to the next step. Mm, well said. I'm definitely seeing a theme come out here, Melanie, and it's not about the tactics. It's about connection. The tactics are just layered on the connection that we're creating with real people and having human-to-human -human conversations. Yeah, I agree. If I could say real quick, yeah. When we're producing like a, a three-day sales and enrollment event, I'm spending a good hundred plus hours with my client. I want to like them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I think this is why it's so important that we have that connection is because you're going to spend a lot of time with them. You're going to be moving them through something that is not the most comfortable for a lot of people, right? So it's like, we want to like them. We want to hang out with them. When my clients are in town, we're going to go out to dinner, right? So just remember the other person on the other side of that DM is a real person. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like back when we're kids, we're going to a birthday party and you're like, hi, my name is Shay. Let's go play, right? Like mm -hmm. we need to bring that kind of energy back into business. Love it. Love that so much, Shay. Thanks for jumping in there. Now, we are running out of time, but I am loving these conversations so much. So, Melanie, is it okay if we squeeze one more question in? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to turn off the faucet yet. <laughs> oh, no. There's just so much gold coming out. Cindy, what do you see, and we want to keep this really tight so that we've got lots of time for you guys to share where people can connect with you, but where do you see coaches and course creators derail their success most often? Too much content. Yeah, too much content. So we talked before about having those shorter programs and you want a really clear journey that you take your clients through. And by the way, just because you have a clear journey doesn't mean it's cookie cutter. We're coaches. You want to have a clear journey and then you want to coach them on tailoring that journey so that it best applies to them so they can implement it in the way that feels right for them, right? But yeah, too much content. So we want to make sure that our program delivers a tangible, specific result and we know, want to know exactly what steps we're going to take to help them get that result, what tools and resources we're going to need at each step and anything that's not essential to getting that result goes away. Either you maybe you put it as a bonus, maybe you save it for your next step program, but you can't overwhelm your clients with too much content thinking it's doing them a favor because it's actually doing them a disservice. Love that. So much, so much head nodding going on here <laughs> with everyone that's on the call. Ryan, what is something that you see that is derailing coaches' success? Oh, there's so many, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, an underlying one that's really misunderstood is sort of imposter syndrome. And I see it all the time. And it's something that I've dealt with for sure, totally transparently. And I see it where you know your stuff, but if you're not getting clients on a consistent basis, you start doubting your stuff. But it doesn't make sense because if you're not acquiring customers, it's, they've got no idea what's inside your program or the results that it can deliver. So how are those two things correlated? It's more about your marketing prowess or your communication, uh, your ability to convert, et cetera. And reading a phenomenal book, it's called Presence. Forgotten her name that wrote it, gave a phenomenal TED talk. If I think of it as we chat, I'll, I'll drop it in. I believe her name's Amy something, Amy Cuddy. Thank you to my wife who's just joined me here. <laughs> and she was sharing about imposter syndrome in the book and listing out the people that have dealt with that same sort of thought process around the world from Denzel Washington's to prime ministers or presidents. It's kind of a common theme and they actually go on to use that as their superpower rather than a deficit where they beat themselves up. And so I think when it comes to imposter syndrome, I'd say it's probably just if they want to work through that, it's clarifying 
where their thoughts are actually aligning and misaligning. And so if it's that my program isn't any good because I'm not acquiring clients on a consistent basis, those two thoughts need to be channeled separately and tackled in a different way individually rather than together. So that's probably an area I definitely see it where coaches derail themselves. And that's why we have coaches. All of us here have got coaches and Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in every coach needs a coach. And so I'm totally the first, you know, to want to improve always. And if I'm dealing with something like that, I want to bounce that off with some smart people to either shake me up or show me a better pathway. Oh my goodness. I love that so much, Ryan. And I know that's really speaking to you, Melanie, because we talk about mindset so much on this show and how to change perspectives and that just really sang to that beautifully. Shay, I know that you're going to come up with something completely different and that is the beauty of these panels. What's one of the the ways that you see coaches derailing their success most often? Yeah, using the wrong tactic and piece of knowledge that's out in the world when that's not the phase of business that they're in. So they're like, ooh, I see so-and-so over there is doing this shiny new X, Y, and Z when you're looking at them and they're a level five business and you yourself are a level two business, right? And it's like, well, I'm just going to go and do and they map out exactly what it is that they're doing. When in reality, like you, you shouldn't be doing that. So having that shiny object syndrome of like, oh, I'm going to go over here. Oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, this tactic doesn't work. Let me change it up. Versus going back to the basics and just working the plan, right? Where's your audience? How do you support them? How can you get in front of them? Get them crazy awesome results. Rinse and repeat, right? Like you don't need all the crazy tech. You don't need all of the crazy tactics. You don't need all of that. Just methodically and strategically build the business and you will eventually get to the places where all the gurus out there are doing these really super fun things because they have team, because they have resources, because they have the cash flow behind it to support it. Just take your time. You can get there fast if you build the system, if you build the framework and methodically go through the process. Oh my goodness. I'm just loving this so much. So many value bombs. Melanie, I'm going to hand over to you while I just soak in this. I wanted like the little like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted like a sound effect right there. Like the boom, like that was yeah, yeah, a mic totally. drop or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. You guys are full of so much wisdom. I know as a listener, you're probably Jones and like, okay, how do I connect with these amazing people? I want to learn more. I want to find out more about what how they could help me build my coaching programs. Cindy, kick us off. Let us let people know how they can uh, connect with you beyond today's episode. Oh, thank you, Melanie. Absolutely. So for the signature program specifically that I referred to earlier, which is that one program you become known for that becomes your number one source of consistent clients and income. I have a free signature program template and you can get it at signatureprogramtemplate.com and you'll be able to download the template. But I also have a bonus video that you can go through where I'll show you how to take that signature, what I teach in the template and really bring it to life in your business. And if they just want to reach out to me personally, just to have a chat, you can go to talktocindy.com 
Or I am proud to say I'm the only Cindy Shulson on Facebook. Thank you to my husband. <laughs> but you probably don't know how to spell my name. So probably best to just go there and talk to Cindy.com. <laughs> we'll link it up in the show notes for you. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Ryan, why don't you tell the listeners how they can find you? That's so good, Cindy. I wish I was the only Ryan Bowles, but I'm not. The best place, it would be wrong of me not to direct everybody to a Facebook group, I think, after the conversation. So come hang out with us. Our Facebook group is Conversion Pros. If you want to learn how to convert, whatever the platform is that you're using, whatever the method is that you're using to convert uh, prospects to clients, or just come find me on Facebook. You may have to search. There are some fake accounts out there, but if you go search for Ryan Bowles, you'll see my smiling face, somewhat looking like I am now, hopefully, and love to hang out and chat with you. How about we make it super easy on them, Ryan, and we'll link it up in the show notes so they know exactly how to find you. That's (laughs) genius, Melody. I know. Such a crazy idea. (laughs) It's the least we could do for all your wisdom today. Shay, your turn. Absolutely. So raceandeaseproductions.com if you want to take a look at how we're supporting entrepreneurs with their events. And I mentioned earlier, you know, taking a look at where you're at in business. And I've got a free gift, which is fivephases.info forward slash next. And this is the five phases of event leverage. So choosing the right event based on where you're at in business to not do the crazy level five events. But if you're in level two, what events you should be doing. And then also in that guide, I tell you how to get to the next level. Mm, So helpful. Absolutely. Definitely go and look up these amazing people. They've all got, as you learned today, so much wisdom to share, so much knowledge. So all of those links will be in the show notes over at nextlevelinfluencepodcast.com. Thank you, Shay, Ryan and Cindy so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed it. And Melanie, thank you for always sitting beside me every week and joining in for these episodes. And thank you for tuning in today. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on the socials. Share with us what you got out of today's episode. What was your big aha moment? And if you got lots of value, share it with someone in your world so that you can really help them to grow as well. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Next Level Influence. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.